In this episode of What the Prophets Say, Sam Robertson, Louise Reed joining me once again. Here I am in the studio, Emma Stark, as your host, are going to talk very raw and very real about the changing nature of prophets and what revelation really is going to mean for us all in the days ahead. Join us in this episode of What the Prophets Say. Hello and a very warm welcome once again to another episode of What the Prophets Say, live from our studios in Glasgow, Scotland, with me, Emma Stark, and... Sam Robertson. And... Louise Reed. The... Terrific trio. We are, we are, we are. Are back on form. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Now, we have... How are you, first of all, before we jump in? Very good. You're very good. Excellent. I've got my Barocca, my vitamin, my effervescent vitamin C. Yes. I hope the conversation is going to be as effervescent. As your effervescent. Uh, uh-huh. Barocca. Barocca. That's a good sponsored. advert for Barocca. Oh, yeah. it's, oh, well, this, it's this not, podcast is not sponsored. Not sponsored by. by. Yeah. Yes. Okay. It's just orange juice. Okay. Watered down. <laughs> yes. Though my husband and other people think it looks like whiskey yeah. on oh. a screen, but it's not. Clearly not. I wasn't thinking that. I was thinking something else. But let's it's stick quite, to whiskey. It, yeah, it's quite bright yellow. Anyway, so <laughs> do, do we need a confession about what we're all drinking now? We are here. Okay, water. just to say I've got water. <laughs> I promise it's just water. Water. <laughs> okay. We do not want to get into all of that because there are so many cultural opinions. Yeah, on I know. I what know. we drink and why we drink. We what don't, we don't want drink. to offend anybody. Let's not offend anybody. Mm-hmm. We do that already. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> By being prophets. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. We don't even have to try. No, you can... It's wa- naturally. No, instinctive. Instinctive. <laughs> Talk, instinctively controversial. <laughs> instinctively controversial. I do... It's very... Well, yes. Yeah. Yes. That's okay. I, it, yeah. it, I think the distress... Genuinely, the distressing, distressing thing for a prophet is that you can be having a tough day... And you just want to be sweet and tender and lovely, oh. and you want to be embraced and liked and liked just for once. And you walk into a room and you're quiet, and maybe you've dressed in a more dowdy way rather than that extreme kind of, I don't know, way that prophets do dress. But the anointing is provocative, it's so provocative. And you can just walk into a room and irritate everybody, and you've literally done nothing and said nothing. Yep. But part of the joy is that you provoke people out of the status quo and totally. out of their comfort zone, and that is the call of God. Yeah. If everybody likes a prophet, they're <laughs> failing miserably. Absolutely, and provoke people to take their life seriously or to consider their life yes. and their future. And actually. If you go away and you don't agree with everything we prophesy or everything we say, but you've got a determination to hear the voice of God mm-hmm. and you, you've got a determination to consider your life and consider your yeah. ways, mm-hmm. then we've done our job. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I don't think prophets set out, they're not provocateurs. No. Yeah, but just, yeah. by nature, they will cause a reaction in others. To, and uh, it is provoking. Yes. They don't set out to be provocateurs. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Provocateur. That, is that not a dodgy no, word? No, not at all. That's a real thing. <laughs> R- right. Okay. <laughs> a provocateur or a prophet. 
No, 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 no. Let's not go. Let's no, not. no. We're saying we're not. We're prophets. No. We're not provocateurs. Correct. Well yes, done, Sam. I, the the anointing by is, in by and of nature, itself, that's what it does, is a is a challenge. I think a prophet will always give you a choice. Absolutely. They, they challenge you into making a decision. They will give you the options. Here's holiness. Here's not holiness. Yeah. Here's righteousness. Here's unrighteousness. It, you know, they yeah. anything that's a sham, they will expose by being there, by anointing, and by. Mm. But surely revelation often is provocative. You know, when you hear God, so I mean, we love surely we should be hearing God say things to us that provoke our traditions. Oh, totally. You know, and I often think, what must it have felt like for Peter on the roof when he saw the unclean food and was told to eat it? Yeah. I mean, everything in him must have been provoked. I'm yeah. sure he wasn't like, oh yes. Okay. It's you know, probably why uh, God had to put him in a trance to totally. get him. Yeah, and he had yeah, to yeah. say it three times. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, as prophets, it's not just about being provocative for the yeah. sake of it, but I do think revelation comes and it does provoke yes. everything in us. It challenges mm -hmm. our traditions, yeah. challenges long-held ideas, challenges yeah. where we become uh, bound in status quo, challenges yeah. us when we're in maintenance mode, challenges us in yeah. our poor decisions and provokes us to make better, more righteous Provoked, decisions. Provoked to righteousness. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think in that when you're travelling around as we do, uh, itinerating and going to different people's churches is actually quite a challenge for mm. all of us, including the leaders mm -hmm. who invite us to become those who submit collectively to the voice of God. Yeah, absolutely. And and I do think that people, in, you know, evangelists invite a prophet because they want us to decree the harvest and bring mm. in the sheep. Um, an apostle will invite you in because they want you to back up their vision yeah. with the word of the Lord. <laughs> a teacher will want you to come in and lay down some lines of truth for the people and a shepherd probably won't invite you in at all. No, not but, unless uh, for, for personal Personal ministry. Personal unless you're ministry. a friend. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So there, there's, and actually we all are coming to that place of how do I make myself uh, submit to the word of the Lord yeah. and the will of the king and I have to take that sometimes from a prophet who's going to come in not looking normal and not sounding like the standard person to the left and the right Absolutely. because we are God's spokespeople totally. into a situation. And, and now we're slightly off the topic that yeah, we're going to talk so about. <laughs> it's good though. It's, it's really it's, good. It's, it's good. Let's just sit in this for 10 minutes or so. But that sense of those who prioritize revelation, who love revelation, who want to be spirit led and do follow with courage the undulating, twisting, turning journey mm -hmm. of the wild adventure uh -huh. of the prophet. Mm. It, 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 you have that moment where you are strong in the moment because you have to with due diligence and great care and tenderness, release the word of the Lord when it's difficult. But you often go home and cry in the car on the oh, way totally. home. Or phone someone, ah, what have I done? Uh, that was so hard. God I asked me to do a difficult thing. Yeah, I can't believe I did that, you know. Yeah. And, and mm. I feel, you. We, I think as well, there's that uh, that sense, sometimes you can assume that maybe a prophet doesn't feel the weight of their words oh, or my, doesn't do. feel a weight of the revelation they bring. Mm -hmm. Almost like it's, it's not shocking to us in the way it is to the people. But more often than not, we're just as shocked as everybody else and yes. we feel the heavy heaviness of it just as everyone else. And I think, you know, we go to people like Daniel and he took a holiday and he needed to rest and he needed to sleep and he actually, his body was sick. It was 
ill. Stewarding revelation. Stewarding revelation because it was so shocking. It was so just yeah, not yeah. within reach, not within, you know, a, a grab. Mm-hmm. And, and then you jump even, I love how it's written of John the Baptist, you know, the prophet, coming up out of the wilderness, almost like, yeah. shockingly onto the platform of, yep. of, of, of of Jerusalem at that time, out mm. of the wilderness. Who is this guy, you know, prophesying? Yes. And the shock that that would have been onto the platform. And I think that's why as prophets, particularly in this mm. new era as and uh, new wine times we need one another yes. uh, 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 and those who steward revelation and our listeners those of you this applies to that we need one another as safe debrief spaces because that's how we are then trusted with more responsibility and i more suppose revelation. what we're saying in this second wind or second wave that we're prophesying about that the prophetic movement is in it's had its early days for the last 50 years and it's early days where <gasps> Can you hear the voice of God? Oh, I can hear the voice of God. And do you want a word? Oh, yes, I'd like a word. And we're prophesying endless hours of personal ministry and because we're just growing a muscle and can Mm. we do this and can we bring a word? And somehow that got sidetracked and derailed into almost like um, God is a vending machine in the sky and I want a word Mm. and the word must be within my parameters where I want to have you confirm something, which of course that thought of prophecy confirming something is just not found in scripture. anywhere (laughs) Um, but that sense of god you tell me what i want to hear Mm -hmm. and i'll pay the prophet to eat if they bring me what i perceive that i need or i want and you know in all of that god is saying no the second wind the second wave you're going to say what i want you to say and sometimes that is beautifully kind and loving and encouraging but more often than not the prophet's job is to say come on now mm-hmm. come on now you've forgotten your call or you've forgotten the value system that you should be living by and so it will feel both exhilarating and terrifying and rewarding and controversial all mm-hmm. at the same time <clears throat> because God is saying this is the horizon line for your life and you're not there yet. And sometimes we cheer because, yeah. yes, God, you're going to give me this thing that I've always desired. Mm. But at the same time, it's conditional and it's holiness and it's purity and it's righteousness and it puts you through the ringer. And I actually feel sometimes we should be dodging prophetic words because actually another prophetic word gives me another responsibility and gives me another warfare and the clamoring of give me my word I want my word I want my word actually I was traveling with two of my team um, uh, not so long ago and I'm doing obviously the preaching and the word of the Lord from the platform and they're doing the prophetic appointments out the back and one of them was going faster and another one of them was going slower so there were three minute words versus seven minute words and people were getting cross that one of the girls gave them a three minute word versus a seven minute word and you think what is that entitled culture to demand from the lord more revelation about your life when he has given it and packaged it in a certain way for you at that moment that there's no awe or wonder an understanding that maybe if I get more, I might not be able to bear the weight mm. of what revelation might require of me in my life. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking, I'm glad it wasn't John the Baptist on your team prophesying. 
because it would have been just probably one, one sentence, yeah. and one that line. would have been it. <laughs> repent and the kingdom of God. Exactly. And he's called repent. the greatest prophet that exactly. ever lived. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you can feel a redefinition of the prophetic just as you're talking, Emma, and it's, yeah. it's good to, to acknowledge it. But really, God is now having his way in what he's loosing and releasing. And honestly, I think the day is here that for even us looking for personal prophetic words, um, and for anybody who's listening, when you're looking for a personal prophetic word, great and well done and that's super. But we need to be ready to hear the warnings of God, the purity of God mm-hmm. and what he's calling us into in a, a very corrective way yeah. and a directive way if we're really serious about this because this yeah. is what is here and this is the, the, the phase of the prophetic that we're in. I would say that... Um, To give context, Bishop Bill Hammond, the founder really of the modern day prophetic movement, who's my um, spiritual grandfather in the Lord, and we're ordained by Christian International, and he's in his 80s. And really, um, we anybody who prophesies with any great weight these days can trace their lineage back to him or one of his team or uh, somebody he raised up and released. And and really, you're seeing how um, young the modern day prophetic movement is. But his son, Dr. Tim Hammond, an amazing, mighty man of God, really prophesying a few years ago, this second wind or second wave of the prophetic movement and teaching that out of the book of Ezekiel, where Ezekiel has to prophesy twice to the bones to come Mm -hmm. alive, not just once. And they become even, they become sort of alive after the first prophecy, but they form an army Mm -hmm. in the second, you know, coming, standing up Mm -hmm. breath in their lungs word. And that sense in scripture of the formation of the army of the prophets coming forth. And really, I think we are post the errors of the previous prophetic movement. We are post some of the Trump prophecies. We are the post the COVID pandemic. Pandemic generation, and we are now the wartime prophets. And I think the mindset of the prophetic community has very much shifted from how can I give you a word to how can I liberate you through revelation and the word I'm carrying. And this anointing for liberation is the anointing on the prophetic movement. So you you're going to see a warrior type instinct arise arise. Yes. Rising within the prophets who are going to think about the liberation of people and nations. Now, when you're thinking liberation, you are going to therefore say, I see this thing that hinders you because I believe you're worth liberating. I see this blockage in your life. And remember your call and remember that you're going to have to choose to deal with that issue to be fully free to enter that the days of your high call. And so it's it's. It's moving out of its shepherding days because prophets are not shepherds and we've been slimed with the coat of the shepherd, which is an appropriate coat, but not for us to wear. And now we're wearing the cloak of the liberator saying, come on, it's going to sound very in your face. But this is a faithfulness to God that we are we are bringing and that we are asking you to step into at the same time. Mm. And I do think that people are going to start to say, stop, I do not want a prophetic word. Mm-hmm. And we're going to see a complete turnaround from the, give me the word, I don't like that word, give me a better word, give me another word. And here's my phone put under the, the, the cubicle in the toilet block. I've had that several times. Oh. I'm oh. literally in the cubicle in the bathroom and people slide the phone under or they've literally jumped 
on the toilet seat, leaned over when I'm in the cubicle and said, oh, well, you know, while you've got a moment, I want a word. <laughs> and you think, what quality Chasing of word do parks. you think you are going to get at this point? And it's not hunger at that point. I don't think that's righteous no. hunger. That's demand. I, I think it's demand and entitlement. I want my word. Bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me. Now, do it now. You know, and the, the ugliness of that beyond hunger for I want to hear the well done of God. I want to be secured in my fruitful future. There's so many F's in that. My (laughs) fruitful future. I want you to secure me with your gift. You make my life better. And God's saying, hang on a minute. Prophecy is not about me making you better. Prophecy is about you stepping up into being good stewards of my kingdom into my story with what I as the king want done in the earth. Mm I mean, and the the mandate even in um, 1 Corinthians for how you judge prophecy is only two or three should prophesy at once and and, and, and then you, you, you weigh. In yeah. other words, you can have too many prophetic words that you then don't give value to his voice. It's too heavy. You know They're like, so heavy, what, yes. What, would I rather, what, what, what church... If we were to compare extremes here, would I say values the, the voice of God the most? The church that has lots and lots of prophetic words and invites the prophets in, but all of them seem to be unfulfilled, but they give space for prophecy. Mm-hmm. Or that one church that has one prophetic word and, and has they, stewarded it yeah. and prayed about it and warred with it, it, and, with it yeah. and they see it fulfilled. Yeah. One yeah. prophetic word and there's value there. And it's coming back to the valuing of the voice of mm-hmm. God. He is mm-hmm. not a vending machine, nor are his prophets nor are his pastors when you need comfort nor are his apostles when you need strategy nor are his evangelists when you just need a fix me prayer but prophets are not vending machines for revelation whenever we need it and there is a sobriety about coming back to the voice of god Mm -hmm. that says your voice must be heard but we must treat it with great honor and great responsibility and you know we could rework that you know with 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 Mm -hmm. great prophecy comes great responsibility Yes. or with a prophetic word mm-hmm. comes great responsibility. I think after, uh, do you want to comment on that? I was that? just going to say, but even as you guys are, are as mm-hmm. we're talking, you can feel the strength of God in that, you know, he is longing mm-hmm. to bring the fullness of his word to us. Yes. And that is what this second wave is about. Yes. It's the fullness, fullness of the of character of God yeah. being expressed. And that requires our capacity to grow mm-hmm. so we can embrace the fullness of his character and his yeah. word. And that's a challenge to me. I mean, he yes. is always going to be our encourager yes. and our strength. Absolutely. That is, that's a given. But can I just say that's the bedrock we need to grow up from that. That's a foundation yeah. place to be able to receive um, the mm-hmm. other things of what he wants to say in terms of correction or direct redirection or yeah. general direction and just the sharpening and the purification and, and hearing things that we don't want to hear. Yes. And we've got to have the capacity for that. So it's like, let's give thanks for the first layer. Oh, and that absolutely. encouragement, that strengthening, mm. exhorting us into that place of of um, a better place in God. Mm-hmm. But my goodness, you can feel the hunger of heaven for the, for the fullness of his words and his ways to be expressed, released and loosed into the earth. And that is the joy of our job. And I it abs- And it is absolutely the joy of our job to stand on the shoulders of giants and to springboard from their costs and their sacrifice. Yeah. 
where, boy, were they amazing pioneers. And now we get to springboard and say, God, mm. what what is your voice mm. now need to look like in the earth realm today? And those scriptures that talk about if you receive a prophet in the name of yeah. a prophet, you receive a prophet's reward. If you receive a righteous man, uh, similarly, you see the righteous man's reward. And that fascinates me. What is If you receive us as prophets, what is the reward? I actually think the reward is not encouragement and nurture. That's the reward you get from the shepherd. I think the reward you get from the prophet is the redirecting of your life so you do not miss the purposes of God. Mm. I think the reward of the prophet is you get to live in revelation. They pay a price of fire in their lives as prophets so that you can receive the reward of the redirection, the sharpening, so that you are not living in a wasted way. Yes. That is the gift of the prophet, uh-huh. the challenge of the prophet to not squander your life yes. so that you are not saying in latter years, I missed it or the locust stole it from me. But the prophet comes to give you the timings mm. and the sharpness mm-hmm. of needing to be able to cut through what stands in yes. your way. That's the prophet's yes. reward. Yes, wonderful. I mean, the shepherd is going to, dare I say, help you to uh, live more healthily yes. where you are at. Yeah. But the prophet is going to shift you into your destiny. Absolutely. And what is a great joy is not just shifting people or groups or churches um, or businesses or wherever it may be, but we're in the realm now of being asked to shift nations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is, yes. a, is, is a glorious privilege. Mm-hmm. I'll I tell you how I felt a real shift come. And these are a fairly difficult set of stories to tell. Um, I was, um, I'd gone through some back-to-back meetings where we'd done the telephones, pushed under bathroom cubicles, the demand. I then had a set of meetings where people had said to me in personal prophetic ministry, I don't like that word. Can you give me another one? And then God could not possibly say that to me. Could you give me another one? And I'm reeling at the, what do they think you are, God? What do they think I am, God? And then I'd been um, pushing a lady in a wheelchair back to a car at the end of a service that I'd been ministering at, who, who I was with, a very senior Christian lady. And people um, blocking and saying, you can't move this wheelchair until you've given me a word. And then me putting her into the car and then them standing behind the car so we couldn't get out of the car park because of the demand for a word. And then a friend of mine um, being uh, pushed accidentally down a set of metal stairs in a church and really injuring themselves because there was a, a, a crowd chasing her for prophetic words and I'm dealing with her injured body and then I'm in a place where they find where I was staying in the hotel and they were ringing the room um, at really unearthly hours of the morning and evening. These are in, in different places in the world but all kind of back to back um, to make this utter sense of uh, uh, what are we doing here with this? And although that may not be anybody else's story and maybe nobody has seen it who's listening, it became like a fever pitch demand 
um, for the word of the Lord. And and then what happened is we, we hear these things about, you know, the, the leaders going to the green room to hide and to escape. Can I tell you the green rooms in conferences are necessary hideaways because of the rudeness of the demand of the people. And really, I would rather sit in the front row of a church, not seen as the woman of God in some kind of elite way, there's very little other option because I've had knives pulled, I've had guns pulled, demanding prophetic words. And so you actually are needing bodyguards and a room to hide in because of the demand for the word of the Lord. <clears throat> really unpleasant. So then you need police escorts and you have to be removed. I don't know how you find it, Sam, how you cope with that. But there are moments as a woman, I have felt very scared coming off a platform ministering because people get so demanding about prophetic words. I'll, t- t- I'll tell the end of the story, but have you experienced, you have, haven't you? Yeah, I've experienced that and the demand, maybe not quite the ex- extreme mm-hmm. because I'm a, a younger man that yeah. actually what some people do is maybe different, but the... the in bathrooms completely the the pursuit the not leaving you alone um I'd, i actually on a recent trip i was sat in the um pastor's car and i was getting they were not present they were just had to run in to get something and a total random member of the congregation yeah. jumped in the back oh my asking for a word you no. know and, and i'm le- left alone and and uh, just various things or uh, a, a recent thing of um, um, th- this person's prophetic word was longer than mine and you only prophesied over yeah. me for seven minutes yeah. you prophesied over them for 15 minutes I want my next seven minutes I want my next eight Dear minutes goodness. and you know the sense of I mean I can personalise that and go I can't believe you'd ask that of me And uh, yeah. but actually how dare you ask that of God mm-hmm. and that I think is the, the, the how yeah. dare we treat God like that yeah. how dare we so belittle God how dare we I yeah. know you're carrying a word uh, Louise God will not be mocked yeah. but how dare we with how we treat his voice mock him uh, yeah. uh, uh, and for us we see it very up close and home with how people treat us when it comes to wanting a word so it, it's got so dangerous that to go to churches where you require bodyguards and you require no, a green room yeah. and you require to be hidden away. You get away escorted out. And you get escorted in, you get escorted out purely for physical safety. Yeah. And it's not even anything about a woman of God yeah. or man of God. It literally yeah. is. And can we say we would rather threatened. it was not that way? We would rather, we would it, was rather it was not that way. It's not an elitist thing. It's not a sense yeah. of, oh, I would love, I mean, like, we would rather David it was actually, not that way. David, actually, my husband, had to stand at a door in a conference once with a man threatening to beat him up if he didn't get me out to prophesy over his wife. <laughs> and you think, what kind of the quality of word are you expecting at that point? Yeah. Uh, done at knife point or gun point or the threat of a fit. Anyway, here's where it, here's where... <laughs> I felt something shift. I gone. This is an awful story. I gone into a church, and not tell you which nation, and um, I got some kind of general words for the season and where we were in in the nation at that point. And I'm sitting with my head between my knees in the front row, and I'm thinking, "What are you saying to this church specifically?" And I can't hear anything. Oh no! Oh God! And then it suddenly dawns on me, you're you're closing this church. So now I know my afternoon is going to be horrendous because I'm going to have to take the pastor and his wife out and have a private conversation about God is not in the future of your church and he's asking you to close it. So I then, you have to pivot very quickly. Now that this has happened more than once, but this is really where something broke. So I 
honour the platform as best I can. I, mm. I encourage people in the more general understanding of the season of God. I do a lot of personal call-outs, really just to bless the individuals so they're secure in their future because I know they don't have a corporate collective future together. But you're flesh and blood and genuinely you run out of energy. And at that point, I'm like, I'm done now. Let's go for, for lunch. And this man is, I want my word. I want my word. And I just say to the pastor, can you get me out of here very quickly? He's getting very aggressive. And of course, I've been in that kind of situation before. And you see the signs of anger flare. So the pastor takes me out, puts me in his car. Uh, I've got my PA with me. Um, he's got his wife. The four of us are in the car. And the angry man drives his car up and touches the bumper of the pastor's car and shouts out the window, I will not move my car. I will not let you out until I've had my word. So you have two choices. Do you demurely give in and go, oh, look, just to make the situation go away, I'll give him a word. But what is the what credibility yeah. is in that word at that point? Totally. So I, I don't actually know what I'm going to say, but I know I need to get out of the car. And I, his, the, the man in, in the car behind is sitting with his wife. And I get out of the car and I'm still quite like, <gasps> what am I going to do? What am I going to do? He winds, his window is winding down. I walk up to the window and I'm still not sure what's going to come out of my wife. Well, this comes out of my mouth like a roar of Holy Spirit indignation. And I roar into his window. And the Spirit of the Lord says, if you ever demand from me, you will be boxed by my hand. And the Lord says that if you do not reverse this car right now, I, as a prophet, have permission to expose your last week's sexual sin to your wife. I have never seen a man reverse a car as fast ever. But I'm trembling in like, is he going to then step on the accelerator and hit me with the car? And what did I just do? And God, was that okay? That felt like that was totally you and not me. And that whole ugliness of that moment and I think something in me clicked that day of we are in a movement which now God is saying there's a different anointing and a different level to liberate not that you ever want to be critical of people that is not really what I'm saying and I don't actually want to expose sins ever and if I'm ever asked to do that it's always I'm very much within the private context I've only ever really once had to do that on the public space in years of doing this it's as rare as hen's teeth as we would say Mm -hmm. but you can feel this sense coming back to the body of Christ and to the prophets of the fear of the Lord Mm. and the stewarding of revelation and the value therefore of revelation that is going to change our lives yes yes totally and the sobriety that we need to steward his voice and he is not a vending machine god yes yes Um, and he's not a god and and i I talk often about how there's a great difference between wanting more from god versus wanting more of God God. and I think in that we have been great culprits of wanting more from God do this for me give me my word give me my miracle name it and claim it etc etc but actually that where we are and and ultimately our desire for his voice should be our desire for him we want more 
of God yeah. in our midst. Yeah. Yeah. And just may a new respect yeah. for the voice of God. Uh, I mean, that's a real repentance moment wow. for whenever we mm-hmm. have actually devalued God by chasing after words, if we've ever been um, guilty of that. And he will forgive us. And what Sam says there about, you know, it's just it's an easy shot. Prophet, give me a word. It's like, mm-hmm. just give me a little bit of an injection uh, yeah. just to give me that little bit of, of energy again. The Lord's saying, no, the days of that are over. Yeah. Um, respect my word. Yeah. And actually what I'm excited about in all of this journeying to this point, and I want you as our loyal listeners to catch it, we are now moving into the kind of substantial words that are going to change our lives Absolutely. for the good. Absolutely. We are coming into clarity, yeah. liberation, breakthrough, yeah. Uh, the reward of a prophet in our lives and the sense that that I'm going to do my best to train people up in all of that. I'm going to do my best. We're not always going to get it right, but we're going to do our best to be that. But actually, we are moving into a revelation-led church and perhaps the most fruitful, rewarding days we have ever collectively lived because the word of the Lord will come with wonder and awe mm-hmm. and weight mm-hmm. and will transform us all when we reject the bless me, bless me, bless yeah. me, massage my ego words that we have wanted for years. But we have to collectively agree to that, that this is now what we um, are pursuing as the people who value revelation and that actually we're going to hear differently from God. Yeah. You're going to hear differently yeah. from God I'm going to hear differently from God. You're going to actually hear God in your own quiet times, your personal devotional times with him, where his word, like it came to Daniel, may well knock you out for days. And we are all moving, not just me or not just you, but all of us are moving into the weight of the word of the Lord that is so heavy, but so transformative and so uh, liberating. And God is pleased to dwell in our midst in that way. Uh Come on. So good. So good. Well, it wasn't the conversation we planned, (laughs) but we'll we'll do that next. (laughs) But we bless you, our loyal listeners, into this awe and wonder for stewarding revelation in your own lives, for being the givers of revelation that liberate. And we bless you to become the voice of God and all that he requires for you as you prophesy and minister, as we prophesy and minister, and we agree for a new day. Mm -hmm. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you in another episode of What the Prophets Say. Thank you for listening to another episode of What the Prophets Say with me, Emma Stark. You clearly ooze stamina. May I gently encourage you to jump over to our website, propheticscots.com, where you can download my e-course, The Prophetic Warrior, nine highly interactive sessions that will equip and train you to hear the voice of God with ease. Make sure that you subscribe and like and share this podcast. You don't want to miss all the things we have coming up for you.